It's Tuesday, April 10th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Washington, D.C. Well, today, uh, Josh and I have had a great day in Washington, D.C., visiting with many of our partners through McLean Bible Church, as well as strategic partners here in Washington, D.C., as well as getting to spend some time with uh, the Senator Marco Rubio's office. And certainly while we've had a great day, one of the things that just has continued to pervade our conversation with many strategic partners is Lifeline's unique ability to partner with local churches and the state to prevent present families count to families who have lost their children to foster care to help them reunify with their children. And so continuing the vein of last week, Dr. Rick was able to sit down with many of our implementers from around the country at our recent Families Count conference. And he was able to actually sit down with John and Lori Pittner, who are from the Charleston, South Carolina area. And the Pittners have been implementing Families Count for almost two years at their church, East Cooper Baptist Church. And so enjoy as Dr. Rick sits down with John and Lori Pittner. I have the privilege today to sit down with uh, with a couple of friends and folks that I've really um, grown to know and love, uh, John and Lori Pittner. Uh, the Pittners are from Charleston, South Carolina. Actually, Mount Pleasant, I guess, is technically true, um, and are a part of uh, the, uh, their church family is East Cooper Baptist Church in Charleston. Um, we've we've gotten to know each other through um, through the ministry of East Cooper and and through um, through Lifeline's involvement and partnership with East Cooper. But um, you know, you guys have come to mean a whole lot more to us than. Uh, than you know, than than just a church partner or somebody that we've met in that way. We've, uh, you know, we just love you guys. So it's it's great to have the opportunity to sit down with you. But thanks for thanks for joining us. So um, I just want to start by um, asking you um, tell us just tell us a little bit about your about your family, a little bit about your story. Kind of help the folks that are that are listening to get a little bit of a context of of maybe what the Lord did to to get you to the ministry. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what um, kind of what God has begun to do through a, a really special program at East Cooper. Okay, well, I'll start. Rick, it's good to see you, first of all, too. And uh, my name's John, and my wife here is Lori. And maybe, Lori, you should talk about our kids. Maybe you should tell about their family. Our family. Well, we have eight children, and um, five we adopted from the Philippines. And so, and they're all grown, and we have six grandchildren. And so we have a real heart for adoption. And that's how we got excited about Lifeline because they started an office in Mount Pleasant and our adoption agency back in the day was two hours away. So we thought, oh my gosh, what a great opportunity for families who want to go through the adoption route. Yeah, I remember in those early days as we were kind of getting started in South Carolina and getting started in Mount Pleasant, um, Lori sitting down with you and some other folks at a Starbucks and just talking about just kind of the heart for heart for children and heart for families and um, you know particularly the heart for vulnerable kids. Um, and, and we've we've shared a lot about the journey as adoptive parents and the fact that that's um, you know that's not always an easy journey, but it's one that the Lord's been in and has you know has worked through great circumstances and some challenging circumstances and and we've really seen um, you know kind of the hand of God through that. But um, but but also know just the Lord shaped a heart really for for you that for for both of you toward um, not just not just vulnerable children, but 
families and and vulnerable families. And so, um, I guess about maybe two years ago now, um, right in that ballpark, we we started talking about the potential of a ministry that Lifeline's been engaged in for for several years called Families Count, um, which is a ministry that is is designed to help local churches to be able to engage. Um, families that are at risk or or have lost their children um, into state custody and are seeking reunification with their kids and it's a way to bring the gospel to bear a way to a way to bring biblical biblical parenting principles um, to bear in the lives of those families and so we'll unpack a little bit of that and talk about the program as we move along but um, but so so how did like just tell the story a little bit of how how you guys um, it came to be part of Families Count at ECBC. Well, I think to start, I mean, I know Lori has her own her own story that way, but I I I came to love this ministry kind of instantly when I heard the story, and the way the story was presented to me through Tracy was Tracy had this idea for a curriculum that could be sanctioned by what we would call DSS, uh, Department of Social Services in South Carolina. And she's presenting this idea, this curriculum, this parenting class that people could take, uh, a Christ-based parenting class. And she's presenting it to DSS. And they're saying, well, this is nice. It's a nice curriculum. Um, but how are these people going to get to these classes? And, and, and Tracy says, well, we're going to transport them, not knowing that they were going to transport them at the time. <laughs> and then DSS said, well, well, that's, that's nice. Um, how, what are you going to do about the, the, those parents that have their kids? And Tracy said, well, we're going we're to watch the kids. We're going to provide child care. And Tracy didn't know they were going to be providing child care. <laughs> and then they said, well, when are you planning on having these classes? And, and Tracy said, well, I think the churches are going to have them, most likely in the evening. And, and uh, the, the DSS people said, well, how these people need to eat. How, how are you going to do these classes at night? And Tracy said, well, we're going to feed them. Again, not knowing that they were going to feed them. And... And then Tracy went on to say, "We're also going to uh, we're also going to make sure that these people have a mentor to walk, walk alongside them." So, Department of Social Services is blown away because every objection has been met, every need has been met. And Tracy, on the other hand, walks out of the room dizzy because she now <laughs> knows that she's just created this this ministry that's that's got so many moving parts. How in the world is this going to work, God? And to me, when I heard that story. That is the beauty of Families Count, mm -hmm. the number of moving parts, the, the fact that it doesn't make sense that way, that there's so much that has to occur mm -hmm. to, to serve these people. To me, it's the sweetest part of the mm -hmm. whole thing. So I, I sensed the minute I heard that story that God was so in mm -hmm. it, and I needed to be too. And, and, you know, what's really been neat about this is when, when we heard all of those barriers, when Tracy heard that, um, that those are all things that the church does all the time, yeah. right? We're, we're figuring out transportation challenges. I mean, if, you're, if you've ever been a youth pastor, you know, you've, you've had to work that sort of stuff out, at, you know, in, in great scale. We're, we're great at, you know, feeding people Absolutely. and extending hospitality and, you know, child care and, and doing that with people that are trained and background checked and all that. And so the, the excellence with which the church is able to step in to, to what's a really needy area Area for both families and for you know and for the state is is you know is, is pretty neat. I, I remember in um, 
in some of the early meetings that we you know that we had we I remember coming to to Charleston and, and going with you guys and, and sitting down at DSS um, with some of the folks from the county and some of the folks from the state and uh, you know kind of going into this really intimidating conference room that was you know sort of huge and a lot of you know a lot of people in there and it and it felt like a pretty high stakes day I don't know for y'all yes, but for, it was. for yes, us it, it, it was. did and um, and and one of the one of the neat moments for me in that meeting was um, there were a couple there were a couple of God moments that happened in there but one of them and, and Lori I don't know if we've even talked about this but it was right as the meeting was getting started one of the the supervisor from the county came in and sat down I think she actually sat down right next to you and 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 you were talking and I just happened to catch this conversation and and she sort of said to you like I, I think I know you from somewhere. Um, and and what developed in the conversation was that that East Cooper that your church had been ministering to to the folks that were that were working at DSS and, and the caseworkers and people there by taking meals and by you know doing some some things just acts of kindness for them and and what like you didn't have a deep relationship but you'd seen her a lot because because you guys had been there and served and so i'd love for you just to kind of unpack the like what god did in laying the groundwork even for for this to be able to to happen and and the forming of a relationship with dss well that was pretty amazing moment because we had no idea um that we were even going to do families count when we did all of this and that's what's so awesome about this ministry is god is really going before us all of us in this and we were taking um lunches and breakfasts and goodies at christmas time to um, thank the social workers for their hard work to create relationship with them because of our foster parents and so they are they did they already knew who we were from that and so it, I think it made the conversation um, easier about Families Count because they thought, okay, well, they do care about us. Absolutely. And I, and I think there was, you know, there was automatically in that meeting, there was a sense of, of receptivity because, because they, like, they already saw you guys as friends. Mm-hmm. And, and there was, you know, there was kind of that, that layer of skepticism that was sort of peeled back. But, but I'll be honest with you, like it wasn't an easy meeting, right? Right. You know, there was there were there was some pretty heavy skepticism in that about you know about the church stepping into this role. And I, I another one of those vivid memories of that meeting was there was a moment where I really kind of felt like the meeting wasn't going very well. And John, I know I don't think you thought it was going very well either because of the eye contact we were kind of making across the table. And I just remember a moment when when like you kind of looked at me and I looked at you and it was like, okay, we're either we're either going to walk out of here and we're not going to get this, or we're going to just we're just going to lay it all on the table. Mm-hmm. And so there was this moment where where we we were able to start talking to the state and and just said to them, um, "Hey, we just want you guys to know the way the reason we're doing this is because we we really love Jesus, um, and 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 not trying to." put an agenda forth that we were about something else but telling them that like the gospel was the reason and Christ was the reason um, but also very being very respectful to say to them we're not going to get you in trouble we're not going to we're not going to step outside the bounds of what's proper and and we can do this in a way that that honors the state and honors the law but also you know brings the church and and the gospel to bear and that to me is just like one of those sweet memories and mm-hmm. just kind of you know that I hold in my heart because because it was it was so such a it was a neat thing to just watch the skepticism 
you know, kind of kind of melt away. Yeah, I think I think they were completely disarmed by by all of that, and uh, uh, it was the it was it was the right thing to do at the time because we we I think they know you know that they're in the business of 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 restoration, trying to trying to do restoration, and. Um, I think they're looking. Uh, you know, first of all, they're overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and then second of all, I think they know that that the programs and the meetings and the and the stuff and the hoops that they make parents jump through doesn't doesn't lead to lasting restoration. So I, I think the notion that that we were going to introduce Christ and 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 an opportunity for real restoration to them, I, I think uh, I think that resonated with them right there, then and there, and I think it, it was a game changer. Yeah, and I think there was a it was a neat moment of vulnerability too to say to them, um, like we we realize this is this is work that maybe the church the church should have been doing for a long time and we haven't, um, and so we're not in a position where we're coming in to dictate, but we're in a position where we're coming in to serve, um, right. and and loving just the way that that you guys were able to translate that, um, you know, to them, and and so. Um, so, so, kind of tell us a little bit, like, what's that looked like in in moving forward in the relationships with caseworkers and, and people in the system, and and how has the church been able to, um, you know, to to leverage that in order to be able to help families? I'm not sure I understand. Okay, we can yeah, and we we can go back and I'll, I'll ask it again. What I'm what I'm kind of trying to drive at is that. That, that coming out of that, like one of the things that you guys have continued to do is you've continued to network with caseworkers and people and like keep those. And, and so so you have caseworkers that are telling clients, right. go check this parenting right, program right, right. out. That you've got judges that are making, mm-hmm. you know, making references. And like what I've, what I've observed about what's happened in East Cooper is that you, like you've, it didn't just stop in that meeting. It's it's really kind of right. continued and gone forth. So that's, that's all okay. I was trying to, okay. you know, trying to go for. So. All right, so Justin, you're going to do a great job of editing this yeah, out. Yeah, thanks, Justin. Give us that place. Sorry, we're a little spastic down here. <laughs> so, so John and Lori, coming out of that meeting, that kind of that initial meeting, the you know the, the green light was given to, to to begin to do families count, but but those relationships with um, with DSS didn't end in in that meeting or with them given permission for this program how have you seen um the church continue to be able to to minister alongside and with dss and and kind of what have the results of that been well i I think that's a never-ending relationship right and it's a relationship that we uh we believe that we need to continue to, to nurture um our our mentors now contact caseworkers and uh social workers to, to establish meetings to set up plans for uh, restoration for some of our moms. So our mentors are getting involved. So they're, they're seeing a lot of people from East Cooper. And we, uh, you know, we're going to continue to touch their employees with um, kindnesses uh, because we, we want those moms and dads in this class. And uh, um, so that we, we, we take that relationship seriously and uh, we know that we need to continue to maintain that. So what is it like when, when the moms and dads, when there is a referral and they actually get to the class? Um, what have you found in the people that have come and that have been a part of the classes that you guys have, have facilitated? Well, well, they come in 
angry. I mean, that first night, they are so angry. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be there. They don't deserve to be there. All the all the reasons in the world why they're angry. And we feel that. And we don't blame them. We, right, we, we don't we, blame we them. We kind of get it. But the most amazing part about Families Count is to see them leave like lambs. Mm. And to have that hope and an encouragement and they have felt loved and they know that they're not doing it alone and that they're not the only one that's struggling that we make sure that we all they know that we struggle as well and that in the course of the families count curriculum we talk about forgiveness a lot and one of the pieces of that which i'm hoping will translate to dss is that we say you need to you, you might need to forgive dss to, to break down those walls so you can work with your caseworker to, to get to the restoration piece. That's awesome. I think the other thing I'd add is that, is that, remember we talked about the structure, about the story. So these moms that have come to that first class, right, a lot of them have been picked up. Mm-hmm. So they've been, they're being transported. And they're being um, transported by a caring individual. And then they come to a church where there's a hot meal ready for them. And their kids are uh, have the opportunity to eat with them in a family situation that, for, for many of them, it's the first time they've ever done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 minutes later, their kids are, are uh, being asked to go and join a bunch of other kids because uh, the, the people at church, they've got them. And they, know, and, and, they, and they come in with a sense that they want to be there and they want to be with those kids. So if you're a parent, how would you feel? I know you're mad, I know you're angry, I know you don't want to be there, but you've just been loved on and touched by several different people, mm-hmm. and you you can't help but have a, a couple of your walls start to fall down. You can't help but be a little bit disarmed, which leaves you open to some of the material that's going to go on in the class. So, so yeah, they're angry, and, and, we, and I don't blame them. Um, but again, as Lori said, the curriculum itself start you can just see countenances change and and hearts start to melt and that's on the first night Mm -hmm. like Lori would say they come in like lions and they leave like lambs Mm -hmm. our 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 transporters are are testimonial to that Mm -hmm. they can they can tell you how quiet and how rough the ride was coming Mm -hmm. to the class and then they can say that these people never shut up (laughs) on on the way home because they they were gushing they were somebody was listening to them they were able to speak they were able to voice and opinion then they and they also realized that everybody else in the room had the had similar stuff to them that's that's ridiculously life-changing stuff it's it was it's it's amazing to participate in and i i think you know one of the things that we uh, that we that we thought we knew when we started but we know so much more now by experience is that this is why the church has to do this amen because because this is not a this is not an agency this is not a this is not somebody who who's another you know another accountability step in their lives or another checkbox that they have to make or whatever this is this is the church coming alongside and saying we're we're just here because we love you we're here because because we want to help you and 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 the sense that the that the the overwhelming hospitality that the church brings and really does create an openness and it creates an openness for the gospel amen because you've got people that are that are that are are they're they're doing this and they don't have to 
And and these and and the and the parents who come to us, they see that, they know that, mm-hmm. and they begin really quickly to figure out that these are people that are here because they really do care. Um, and so, and there's nobody that's indispensable in this, right? You know, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the some of those beautiful interactions that happen through this, or through the people that are you know bringing and serving the meal, or through the people that are you know that are doing the transportation, or through and certainly through you know through the mentors that are spending you know time with these folks outside of what goes on in class, and so just really thankful you know for the opportunities that you know that are that are created and all of that um what are what are maybe some of the things you've seen um you know we don't want to we don't want to get into such specifics that we you know that we tell somebody else's story for them but just just you guys as as leaders who who are facilitating these classes what are some things that the lord has, has just allowed you to see that really encouraged your heart about the the transformation that the gospel is bringing about in the lives of of some of these families I'll, I'll share a couple. You, you know, I, I, we've seen people with accountants that's so low, and 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 hard lives that when asked a question about that hard life, would just would just their head would just slump because it was impossible for them to communicate how hard that was. And and we we've seen those same people after a while start to raise their head and then start to voice. Uh, some of their stuff, and to have the rest of the group come alongside them, um, we've seen uh, we've seen people forgive uh, people for uh, things that I'm not sure I would forgive people for. And uh, a- after after a lesson on forgiveness, they're, they're going to go try it out. Um, we've seen um, people after a lesson on uh, on the importance of physical, sweet physical touch with their kids. We've seen them all go home and and try some of the steps that we discuss in class and come back the next week, eyes wide open, going, good grief. That's all my kids want me to do. Now they, I, I don't know where I've been. I haven't touched my kids like that forever. Um, so we see people that are willing to, to try things. We're, we see them open. We see uh, so much of this as being completely foreign and new to them mm-hmm. um, that, that they are thirsty to, to hear more about what Families Count has to offer in these curriculums. I think the other thing that's so sweet is I'm, I don't like to get in front of people, and so I get real nervous the day of class, and I know God's got it, but as soon as I see their faces, I'm undone. I'm undone. I don't, I'm not concerned about what's going to come out of my mouth. I just, you just, God gives you such a love for them immediately, and when that first count is about um, they're made in the image of God. You see them that way, and it's su- such a sweet way to start out th- the whole class. And I, I also feel like their love for one another that comes. I mean, they at the beginning of class, like we say, they come in like lions. The sixth week when we're at graduation, they are crying to a person, to a man are crying when they, we are giving them their certificates and talking about how much we have loved them and and to see the transformation of Christ working in the room. Now they may not all have turned their lives over, but the seeds have been planted and they know they're loved and they're they're trying to figure it out. It's unbelievable. 
And I also think one piece that is so interesting that happened the first time, because Tracy gave us this idea, is we have a cigarette butt can for the smokers. <laughs> and that really touched them. They said, you mean this church is letting us smoke? Because it's outside, mm-hmm. of course. Sure. But the fact that there was enough thoughtfulness up front for them to be cared for, it that was a huge piece. It seems so simple, they voiced but they that. feel like they weren't being judged, that they were being loved for who they were. That's awesome. What So going forward, um, what would be maybe some, you know, some hopes or some dreams or some vision for what maybe you anticipate that the Lord's going to do through Families Count? Well, you're talking to the wrong people because we <laughs> we are so fired up about this that we you know we we believe that churches all over should be participating in this and, and as it relates to our area in Charleston, um, there are kind of strategic locations that that you know we're going to try to um, we're going to try to contact pastors in those areas and uh, and see if we can't. Uh, create opportunities for our for our families our parents once they get out of their six weeks you know that can't be the end of it and so our mentors are looking for churches in those areas that will accommodate those people and And, and we we, we ask them to come Mm -hmm. to our church but logistically it's hard it's hard for our specific church we import most of our our parents but that's not stopping us stopping it from being uh successful um but we understand that there are other churches out there that are more convenient. And we also understand there's churches out there that are uh, set up to take this on in a, mm-hmm. in a very special way. Sure. And that that might be their role in this. So for Lori and I personally, you know, we are, we're uh, working with a couple churches right now to get Families Count on board. And we will, they know that we would do just about anything to help them. And uh, from, a, from a more strategic standpoint, we're... We're out looking at other opportunities for, for t- to spread this in a way that blesses people in our area. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we all just as we kind of sit around and talk about what we, you know, what we anticipate and the kind of things we're praying for is that that in, in all of the places where 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 this begins to take root is that there'll be multiple churches and multiple opportunities. And and that's so indicative of of the community that God's began begun to create around this. You know, it's been fun. We we're, we've been here in Birmingham for the last couple of days, and have had um, had fifty five people from twenty three churches that came together to be to be trained to kind of onboard into Families Count, and 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 what they found when they got here is is you guys and 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 others, the Bruns and the McConnells and people that have you know been at this a little bit longer. That it's it's like coming to a family. You know, like we get together and, and this isn't a training conference. It's more of a like a family reunion. reunion. Yeah. You know, and uh, and 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 the way that as as people have come into this, they've just been naturally kind of grafted in, um, and and become a part of the community. And I think it's because because God has given such a central vision um, that that we're all passionate about the same things. And at the end of the day, the thing we're passionate about is the gospel and about getting the gospel to to these people that are at 
you know, at a far reach from the community. And so I, I just want to thank you guys. Thank you for thank you for what you do um, personally. You know, um, you're dear friends, and I, I appreciate your your friendship and the way that um, the way that, that that you've allowed Lifeline to be able to come alongside ECBC and to um, you know to, to help to enable and to equip this ministry. And we we pray that um, that the next time we sit down in an environment like this, we're going to have some great stories to tell about what what God's done to extend the frontiers and and more people. Um, that are that are in the kingdom and under the influence of the kingdom because of you know because of what's happening and so thank you so much yeah, for, you, for joining us thank you dr rick and thanks for listening to the defender podcast for more information or to connect with me please visit herbynewell.com to partner with lifeline visit lifelinechild.org follow us on twitter instagram or facebook by searching for lifeline child you can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org beloved will you allow god to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless we'll see you again tomorrow for the defender podcast